0: hey hey welcome everybody this is the
1: dfs podcast sponsored by fanduel for rotowire and i am your host joe pizapia and it's friday oh i love it it's friday it's fanduel it's dfs and of course here we are it's already week three and i wouldn't want to do this podcast with anybody else except john mckechnie john how are you my friend
2: Let's go, man. I'm pumped. It's Friday. Uh, we actually got a good game last night. So, I mean, that that just like puts the wind in our collective sails going into the weekend. Am I wrong?
1: It actually looked like football.
2: I yeah, mean, who would have insane. thought
1: the Thursday night game between the Rams and 49ers would be the best game of the year to date? Uh, the answer is nobody but i didn't want it to end i can't believe it even despite the awful uniforms i didn't want it to end
2: no it was it was great the whole way through and like that that goofy uh almost fumble slash scoop and score would have would have been like one of the worst uh like gambling beats of all time if you, if you had action on the spread in that one um because i think it was like rams two and a half or something um so if if woods had been able to to pick that up and score it uh, that would have changed a lot of things that would have been just an awful beat I actually had San Francisco covering that one though
1: yeah well luckily in the in the picks league I had the Rams so everything worked out well uh that's good but uh let's just say I didn't have a whole lot of faith but I had enough I had enough uh but let's start with week three here uh let's start a quarterback top of the board Tom Brady 94 Aaron Rodgers 93 but I gotta be honest with you you know I expect Aaron Rodgers to bounce back I expect Brady to have a long day ahead of him with the Texans defense. I just do. Historically, they play them tight. Um, so I think this is going to be one of those games where when you see the score, you'll go, oh, yeah, well, New England obviously beat them by 10 points or whatever, but I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk kind of game for them, which gives us to you know Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and then Derek Carr. And I'm going to start with Derek Carr because at 84, to me, I think Washington is going to be the shootout game. I think yes. there's a bit of a trap here coming off that jet game where everything was so easy for them. And now they got to travel across the country to Washington. And I'm looking at Derek Hart 84 as my cash game guy. How about you? Who's your cash game guy this week?
2: Uh, you know, that that's, it's been a uh, kind of tough to figure out as far as like, who is the safe is up, up here. I do like that car call a lot because I want action in that game uh, as well. Um, I guess probably Rogers would would be my guy. I know that the the Bengals have been a little bit better against the pass, and they have uh, against the run this year. But again, um, you know the, those metrics are a bit skewed because we're, we only have two weeks of data to work with, and they've gone against a you know a Joe Flacco didn't play in the preseason and a rookie making his first career start. So like I think fe- I feel like those Bengals secondary numbers are a little bit skewed. We got Rodgers at home. Um, I know that the, that Green Bay. Receiving core might be a little bit banged up. Maybe they use Ty Montgomery a little bit more in the passing game uh, this week. Um, So I think that Rodgers would probably be my my cash game guy, although I do like Carr as like a close second. And then Breeze I feel like, uh, even though it's a divisional opponent that he's familiar with, um, I just don't really trust that offense right now. And uh, I think that uh, Panthers defense is better. It's more like what we saw in 2015 than what it is uh, last year.
1: Now, when we're talking about trust – Let's talk about Cam Newton because that is a trust fall exercise if ever there was one waiting for us here. He's 8,100. He's dealing and, you know, missing some practice time with the shoulder, with the ankle uh, that he injured. He's 8,100. The worst defense in the league so far comes into town with New Orleans. And I got to say, it's a risky play, but it's one that I think in GPP, I'm willing to take the risk on because the Saints have been so god awful. And because it's in Carolina, I'm looking for a big day from Cam Newton. So, Uh, it's not the only entry I would make. It's definitely a a
2: multi-entry
1: kind of scenario. If I was playing one GPP lineup, I don't know if I've got the guts to do it. But I think it's definitely something you have to consider very strongly.
2: I I think that that matchup does make you think about it um, a fair bit because, yeah, the the Saints, you know, I've I've watched about their games so far. They, They really just look absolutely lost on defense. But Cam, you know, even with that matchup, Cam just doesn't look like Cam right now, and and like you like you alluded to, he's dealing with the ankle, um, so that limits his mobility. So it, you know any sort of like rushing projection that you're trying to bake into what you think he's going to do probably out the window. Um, I don't think that he has the same zip on his throws quite yet. You know he only played one drive in the preseason, so I mean he's still kind of uh, you know knocking the rust off. I feel like, and obviously going against the Saints is a good way to do that. But I. You know, even at even at eighty one hundred, where you know he could be much closer to the top of the board at quarterback, I I just can't do it. Uh, you put it the right way, like if you're going to do it, uh, you know, make sure you have a couple other GPP. It's a entries. multi-entry
1: play, I think. I think it's for, one where you sure, have a Cam Newton, you know, Kelvin Benjamin stack lineup, and then you you know, hope for the best on that one, but you have maybe some other shares of some other guys.
2: I think so, but like I think some people. Um, are, are are seeing Cam Newton there. And then once the injury designation get, gets removed uh, on Sunday, they're going to th- think this is too much of a no-brainer. And I think it's important that we get it out there that, it, that it's not.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's funny. If it was the other way when it was really like, oh, there's no way he's going to play, Derek Anderson became a an very interesting fade to me. <laughs> because, I mean, if ever there was a guy that would fit a situation in a one-game spot where I'm willing to take, again, not my only GPP lineup, but certainly willing to take a flyer on him. That would be it. So just just keep an eye on that. If all of a sudden you know he tweaks something tomorrow or you know something doesn't go right, an, Derek Anderson is just six k. Just just keep that in the back of your head. It's a little nugget for yeah, you. Keep just it back to,
2: there. Yeah, keep, keep it Keep it back there.
1: Keep it safe. Keep it in a little, little lock box. You know, keep it nice. <laughs> Maybe a little jewelry box where you open it up and it you know it, it plays a theme song to the uh, the NFL. The old you know. <laughs> like the old Madden music or something. Oh, Oh,
2: hell yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Now,
1: Ben Roethlisberger, 8K again for the second week in a row, but it's on the road, and it's so tempting because it's the Bears. But for me, I'm I'm still going to fade away from it because there's a couple guys cheaper that I think can give you the exact same. But I don't know if I'm overreacting to the road splits here because it's the Bears. You tell me. Am I overreacting, or am I taking the right path here and being safe instead of sorry?
2: No, I think you're right on, and you look at who's who's beneath him on the, in terms of salary, and I think it makes some sense. I know that Chicago hasn't been particularly good against the pass this year, like 26, according to DVOA, um, but they've gone against some quality quarterbacks here. Um, Roethlisberger, um, and for how good his weapons are, I don't think that he himself has been all that sharp this year. Um, so, you know, if we're talking more GPP considerations, um, I think that that, you know, you got Stafford at 7,900 Stafford's playing the best football I've ever seen him play. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going against Atlanta. I think that game is going to be a shootout. Um, Atlanta, uh, they don't have Vic Beasley. So, I mean, that, that alleviates some of the pressure that, that Stafford would be facing. Um, don't trust Russell Wilson, but I do like Kirk Cousins a fair bit. You know, like the other side of that Derek Carr game. Um, yes. I, think that, I think that he's at home. I think it makes some sense there at 7,600. I, I, it's the only difficult part for me. I like the Redskins offense in this one. I'm just having trouble picking out which skill guy I want, but I definitely want some Kirk Cousins.
1: You know what? That was my number one GPP quarterback this week was Cousins because of that same thing. I think it's a trap game. I think it's going to be a shootout. Carr is the safer version of that shootout, but I think Cousins is clearly the the GPP option there. 7,600. Ownership's going to be, I think, lower than people even anticipate. He's only had like 11 points in each of the games. And if i got to pick one, you know, see, Reed is the tempting one because that's another guy where ownership's going to be low if he plays, depending on what's going right. on, because Reed would be a nice – answer to a tight end situation, which we'll get to later, which is completely obliterated. I think Reed is the one to take the most guts. Should he be healthy enough and be a go in the, in this one as more news continues to filter in on him. But Crowder, I think for me is still the guy I'm still going to put Crowder in ahead of Pryor until I see Pryor, And that's just me. That's just how I'm going underneath him. You got rivers at 75 against the chiefs, which is a tough matchup. You got Winston going in Minnesota, also kind of a tough matchup on paper for him points wise. But then you got Alex Smith who's played great against the Chargers and he's 74 and Jay Cutler against the Jets at 74. Now I'm not one for starting Jay Cutler. However, I can understand if people want to take that route.
2: Yeah. The, I mean, it, it's, it's always great when we, when we can uh, use the Jets caveat here to, to justify a Jay Cutler play in, in DFS. But I mean, here we are. I mean, the, the Jets are just so miserable and uh, you know, I, I I would hope that uh, Devonte Parker is a full go uh, for Sunday before I like really confidently use Cutler. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that this is a soft enough matchup uh, where I think the you know, I'm guessing like a 23 point game maybe from Cutler, and that would be more that would be you know about enough uh, from from what you're expecting for him. Uh, but I, I'd probably go Alex Smith against the Chargers over him because they're the same price. I actually kind of
1: want Parker not to play because I think Kenny Stills is the cheap pairing with Cutler nah. really opens up the world because he's got to go somewhere, and Stills has been okay so far. And if Parker's not on the field, it's not like they can guard anybody. So as long as I get a jayi which we'll get to in the next segment here coming up, I'm a happy camper. There's one name I want to throw out here because it's one that, again, this is a multi-entry, hey, I'm going to go try a couple of weird things and see what works here, maybe one of these quarterbacks hit. Um, let me just remind everybody, too, quarterback does matter. You can't just pl- pluck one out and you know, make pay lines with just anybody a quarterback. Right? You might think logically you can, but you can't. Okay? It, it, it's worth paying up for some of the big quarterbacks, not just in cash games, but in GBPs also. However, sometimes if you can pick the right ones, like we're talking about Cousins, we're talking about a couple of other guys, with the new OC, with the gloves off, with A.J. Green chirping that he wants more balls his way, is 6,800 Andy Dalton at all justifiable in a lineup?
2: Yes. I am so glad you brought him up. Um, you know, th- this really is sort of like uh, the Bengals. This is their their last gasp. And, you know, they, they got rid of uh, Zampese uh, after that debacle on Thursday night. Uh, still the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored a touchdown uh, offensively. Um You know, things have been such a mess to the point where even, you know, like you said, uh, the quietest superstar in the league, A.J. Green, was was, you know, visibly pissed off uh, after that Thursday night game. So I think that things are going to things are going to open up a little bit for that offense. And, you know, the Packers secondary uh, has been, you know, kind of their Achilles heel in recent years. It's still really young. Uh, That Kevin King guy played pretty well. Uh, against Julio Jones on, on Sunday night, but I'm not sure that I trust a, a rookie corner to to shut down A.J. Green for the whole time. So uh, I think that uh, Dalton, you know, it, it's a total dart play, like you said. And I think Kaiser kind of is in that same boat. I mean, different uh, team circumstances, and obviously the, the Kaiser uh, migraine thing was a bit concerning. But yeah, if you want to just absolutely throw a dart, um, I think, you know, you look at who else is in this neighborhood here, I think Dalton would be the guy.
1: Yeah, I do too. Again, it takes a little stones, it takes multi-entries. it is It takes a little chutzpah. You know, it's not going to be my only one. But look, some people like the single-entry tournaments. I prefer the single-entry tournaments. I think it's more of a level playing field. Yeah. Um. You know, it's the way to go. But if you are a multi-entry kind of cat or you want to get involved, it's worth doing. It really is. I think you put him and Green together and you hope for the best. And, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the... Uh, <laughs> gets it's the oil <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying so and, and I, I would be shocked and look let's not forget the Packers last year even this year at times you know they I mean look how many yards they gave up to Atlanta and company so you know that Packer defense is far from frightening which tells you just how bad Seattle was in week one all right let's yeah, go over lord. to the running back scenario Left Bell 8700 I think it's fine it's not something I'm reaching for because I think there's plenty of other options and the, the first one is 8300 Kareem Hunt who has been outstanding, my, reser- my reservation with Hunt was this, that although he was so talented and had a great opportunity here coming into the year once Spencer Ware got hurt, was would, would he get backed off of? Like if, if things weren't going his way and last week in the first half of the game things were not going his way, I was afraid, would you start to see more Sharkandrick West? Would you start to see some other guys eat into the carries and the totals? But you know what? Andy Reid stuck with him and it paid off. And I think that is the key, and that proved a lot to me. Where I still say at eighty three hundred, he is still a good two to three times value lock this week again for Green Hunt at eighty three.
2: I'm with, I'm with you there. I think you know uh, you you put it really well where. You know, this is a this is a rookie running back, and Andy Reid has a history of you know not not uh, you know being completely married to to a lead back. You know, mi- mixing things up, and I think in general that's a good move. But you know, for fantasy purposes, you you want the one workhorse guy, and it it seems that Cream Hunt uh, has has been given those opportunities, and he's made the most of them. I think he has like what like three uh, touchdowns of fifty or more yards this year, so he's been ridiculously explosive. Um, and that that Chargers defense, um, it, it's it's good as far as it's starting 11 is concerned, but it's not particularly deep. So I think as the game wears on here, I think Kareem Hunt's going to be wearing them out. Um, but for me, um, I do love this Le'Veon Bell matchups, uh, like to, to the point where I, I got to lock him in for at least a couple of my lineups. I know that the bears have been a little bit better against the run than the past uh, around middle of the pack, as far as their run defense is concerned. But um, you know, th- this is a situation where Bell can also catch it out of the backfield and, and hurt them uh, that way. So, I'm trying to get a Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown pairing into a lineup. I, I'll kind of get into this lineup a little bit later, but I had to pull some voodoo to, as far as my, my second running back uh, is concerned. So I'm going to gonna have to get your opinion on that one. Oh, but I love it. Bell I love is one of them. I love yeah. the voodoo. Well, my... Got I practice it once a week.
1: Uh, I found it pretty easy this week to get Kareem Hunt and Jay Ajayi in the same lineup. And I'm loving what I get. And I'm talking about still getting a big-time wide receiver or two in there as well and a big-time quarterback. It's not hard to do at all. Uh, Ajayi for me is just a lock. It's It's such a hard lock. And as much as Ajayi might scare me, having to play 16 weeks in a row now, as much as that knee is worrisome, I just need him for one game. They've been managing him this week in terms of practice time. As long as everything looks good when you get up to kickoff, all the Jay Ajayi against the New York Jets, I don't think there's any way they can stop him from running amok.
2: Yep, fire it up. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much else to add to that. I mean, this is a this is a very good running back who who gets far and away the bulk of the carries for the Dolphins, and he's going against, you know, obviously uh, one of the worst teams uh, we've seen in recent years. Uh, so totally with you there, 8,200. Uh, that That's a great one, especially, you know, like when you're considering uh, – Eighty-one hundred for for LaShawn McCoy, um, who I think talent-wise, you know, we, we probably give the lean to him. But uh, Denver's front defense, uh, you know, shutting down Zeke for less than a yard per carry last week. I, I'm I'm n- I don't want any part of that Denver defense right right now. If I if I'm trying to go against him,
1: I'm with you. Uh, Ty Montgomery at seventy-two hundred last week. He was our running back du jour against the Atlanta Falcons, who give up a ton of points to running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. We've been harping on it. I'm going to harp on it again now. I think Montgomery's actually a little bit of a trap this week at 72. He's kind of right in there. There's been talk about them maybe backing off his, you know, touches a little bit, to try to manage him a little bit more. Also, maybe putting the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands a bit more as well. So, I would stay away or be a little afraid of that. Going back to Denver, do you got any love for C.J. Anderson coming off a big game at 69?
2: I do. I, I do want to ask you one question about Ty Montgomery, though. Like, Sure. Uh, you know, with, with the supposed re- reduced workload, it, it just feels a little bit like that that coach speak that we, you know, like we'll hear he every offseason, yeah, we're going to get the ball in our playmakers' hands more. And, you know, it's it's really a crapshoot as to whether they do it or not. But when you look at who's behind Montgomery, uh, as far as that backfield pecking order goes, Jamal, Jamal Williams, uh, rookie, um, a bit of a plotter. He's physical uh, between the tackles, but, um, you know, Aaron Jones is another one. I, I just don't really see... Green Bay justifiably like really starting to rotate those guys in over Montgomery. And if you, you know, like you said, if, if Rogers uh, gets more passing opportunities, I I just don't see why the Packers just don't run uh, Montgomery or have him run routes just out of the backfield. So I I still think he's going to get those opportunities. I
1: do too. It's more the price that I'm concerned, okay you know, because all of a sudden, if he goes from a 20 something like last week, which I, I, I expected to, you know, back down to 13 points or somewhere mm-hmm. like that. I just think when they say fade off of him, it's not in lieu of another running back. It's in lieu of Aaron Rodgers having the ball gotcha. in his hands. I think okay. that's, that's what concerns me because we all know that's what makes this offense tick. And they squeaked out a victory in the first game. They did not look good last week. So something's going to change. And my guess is more Aaron Rodgers. We're talking like 50-plus pass attempts, Aaron Rodgers kind of time where I think that that's what they're going to do because that's how they think. That's what gives him the best case to win. CJ Anderson at sixty nine. You got any carryover love for him at Buffalo this week?
2: Um, the the Buffalo r- run defense um, is like a gives me a bit of a pause there. You know they're, they're top ten both against the run and the pass according to DVOA. So that you know that's definitely uh, respectable. And they you know they kind of held their own on that side of the ball against Carolina last week. But Anderson looks different now. Like he, I've watched both of his games. Uh, he looks healthy. He's got a lot more wiggle and shake than, than he did last year when he was kind of banged up. Um, so and, until the wheels start to fall off in, t- in terms of his health, um, he looks pretty awesome. He looks a lot better than any other running back that they have in that backfield. Uh, certainly better than Jamal Charles so far. So uh, at 6,900, I, I feel like he's just going to kind of get glossed over you know, by people either going w- with the lock cash game running backs or um, you know, like the, the sort of more flyer GPP types. Uh, So I think he's going to get passed over. I think we're going to see um, a pretty low ownership percentage on him. So I think that uh, with that, Anderson does become a little bit interesting this week.
1: All right, you got Gillisley, who always has touchdown upside. I imagine he'd be pretty active in this one. I think it's going to be kind of a grinding game, as I talked about earlier with New England. McCaffrey's got a lot of GPP upside at 68. He really does against New Orleans. You know, he just needs that one big play. He hasn't quite gotten it yet. New Orleans is just what he needs, I think, to get that going. Marshawn Lynch, I'm not going towards there. I expect Isaiah Crowell, though, to bounce back a lot. This is another play that takes a little bit of guts at 6,600 because he's been bad so far, because we're talking about a guy who hasn't broken double digits yet. But this is another squeaky wheel <laughs> and yeah. uh, another guy that I think Cleveland needs to say, oh, right, look, we got to get back to a little bit more of this power game. We can't keep putting so much on Kaiser. I mean, he's only had, look, last week only 10 attempts. That's not going to get it done. He's got to get back up to the 17 to 20 range. Uh, if Crowell is going to be effective. And I think Indianapolis, it's going to make sense. Now Delvin cook all the way at 65. This is a tough one for me. Cause I love cook. If Bradford's playing, which it seems like he's going to, that's a positive, The Tampa is tough. I am on the fence with this one. I'm like I said before, I think that it's a responsible play if you're going to go down because I think he has a lot more floor than some other guys, but what are your thoughts on Cook this week?
2: Yeah, it, it really is, you know, it's it sort of choose-your-own-adventure thing where, where, you know, if it's Keenum starting, then I can't start Dalvin Cook. You know, and in, in theoretically, you know, uh, they, they run the ball more if Keenum's under center. But, you know, Tampa Bay is completely not worried about the pass at that point. So uh, they're just going to shut down Dalvin Cook. So I would be uh, much more worried about using him if, if Keenum's in. But like you said, uh, Bradford's kind of trending in the right direction for this week. Um, that gives him some more appeal um, but like you said, Tampa, Tampa is pretty tough against the run um, and you know just a tough defense in general. They play fast. Um, so uh, this is kind of a tough matchup for him. I think um, I want to get your thoughts on Derrick Henry versus DeMarco Murray. And um, I have some hashtag stats for you. Um, last Ooh. week... Um, Last week the split or the the, the split in snaps uh, was 37 to 30 in favor of Demarco Murray. Um, compare that to Week One, where it's 47 to 18 um, in favor of Murray. So obviously Henry kind of cuts into his workload a little bit. I know Murray got a little bit banged up in that game, but Henry looked awesome with the added opportunities. Six point six yards per per carry, uh, five red zone runs last week. Um, and he's going against a Seattle defense that I think people kind of will, will sort of assume is really good across the board, but they're 28th against the run so far. So <laughs> if Henry um, kind of can push for those 15 to, 15 to 17 carries on Sunday, which I, I think he will, um, I'd really like this matchup for him, actually.
1: Yeah, I do, too. And, you know, the more the news trickles in with Murray, and look, even if Murray plays, he's not 100%. So I think what you saw last week is going to be much closer to what you see this week. And the great point that you make there is that Seattle defense. That Seattle defense is another year older, and you've seen a little bit of, you know, look, it's just, it's good. It's not what it was. It's not the Legion of Boom from a couple years ago during the Super Bowl runs. I don't think it's anything close to that. And the bad part is, too, I think they're getting, the older defense is getting taxed a little because the offense's inability to move the ball. And I think that's starting to wear on them already a little bit, which is not a good sign. So I like Henry. Even if Murray plays, I like Henry. Again, that's a tournament play, not a cash game play, everybody. Make sure you differentiate the two. Um, But, yeah, I'm on board with Henry as well. And that's some some great hashtag stats. That's what you do. Appreciate it. Bring the hashtags. That's what I like about (laughs) you. Uh, One more guy I want to discuss here, Theo Riddick at Detroit. Uh, Atlanta at Detroit now. I'm going to run down the list again. James White in the Super Bowl. Tariq Cohen week one. Montgomery, week two. Um, I just, I, I like being able to do that because here's what I'm saying everybody saw Abdullah last week against the Giants, and everyone's going to run to Abdullah, and I'm not. I'm running to Theo Riddick this week because this game has Theo Riddick written all over it. Um, yes, it's a little bit of a risky play, but that's what tournaments are about. It's not a bad risky play, it's not an ill informed risky play. And until Atlanta proves to me that they can stop this kind of back, I'm gonna keep going and going, just like I want all of the tight ends against the Giants every week.
2: <laughs> in yeah, the last and, three years. <laughs> hell yeah, and and to your point about that, you know, the, you want the pass catching back, and I know obviously both of them can, uh, but you know, by comparison, Theo Riddick has ten targets so far out of the backfield. Abdullah only has four, so I mean, it, it's it's clear that like when Riddick is in the game, uh, it's going to be in a passing type of situation, and, and you know, more than more more often than not. Uh, he's going to get a look from Stafford there. So he's the one that's going to be catching the passes out of the backfield. And like you said, uh, that that is, you know, the Achilles heel of that Falcons defense.
1: Carson uh, as well, you know, we talked about Seattle and Tennessee a little bit on the Tennessee side, but now on the Seattle side, you know, that was one I'm frustrated with because I had the game script right, but I had the wrong guy. I had Thomas Rawls being the guy because it just felt like that's the way they were going to go. And that did not happen. The stats were right. The name on the back of the jersey was wrong, unfortunately. So now it's Chris Carson's job. He's only 6K. What are your thoughts on Carson this week? Do you think this is a guy that, you know, is going to carry over week to week now and be that focal point of the running game? Or are you skeptical still, especially on the road?
2: Uh no, Seattle is gonna continue to pull the chair out from under us every single week. I feel like like it, you know, the the, the masses will, will flock to Chris Carson this week and then all of a sudden like Pete Carroll changes his mind and it, it's Rawls again or this is a CJ Pro size game. I just I cannot trust this backfield. I understand that there has to be someone that produces out of it, um, but it feels just like a whack-a-mole type of type of situation. Um so it's hard for me to put Uh, all my eggs in any one of those baskets. And and with that, I'm probably staying away from it entirely. All right. Julio Jones, top of the wide receiver board,
1: 9,300. He hasn't caught a touchdown yet. I expect that to change this week against Detroit. Uh, But the thing is at 9,300, he has to score a touchdown really to, to, for me to return on, on the value of, of paying up for him, which is tricky. Now for $300 less, you got Antonio Brown, who you mentioned as well. Brown stats on the year, obviously, you know, quite good. He's, you know, Last week a little bit quieter, but that's because of the way that that game was basically going. A lot of Martavis Bryant in that one. Um, But the problem is with these big-time wide receivers, as as much as they are good plays and consistent and bring you return on money, if they have a bad game, it's lineup crushing. Like that last week, that 8.7 that Brown put up was just crushing. I don't expect that two weeks in a row from him. I would expect to bounce back from him as well. Then you got the Odell Beckham Jr. saga that continues to go on. Um, I'm gonna. Pass. Already tired of it. I'm gonna pass. He's my least favorite player in the NFL. He's been so for years now. Uh, <laughs> not a fan. Catch the ball two hands unless you really have to. Um, no Odell for me. But the guy that I like the most so far, the number ones before we drop down below 85, is Mike Evans. It's Mike Evans because he's a touchdown machine. And as good as the Minnesota defense is, they don't scare me enough that he can't return two to three times value.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Like that, that is a, a nice secondary that they have in Minnesota. But, um, again, um, if this is a situation where Minnesota has to start Keenum, uh, that, you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier about the three and outs kind of wearing on, uh, you know, from the offensive side, kind of tending to wear down on the defense. I think that we could very well see that, uh, with Minnesota this week, if they get a sloppy quarterback play, uh, and um, so I think, that, you know, we're not going to see as sharp of a Minnesota defense as we as we potentially could. Uh, so with that, you know, Evans, obviously the clear red zone target there, um, you know, clear number one guy. Um, so I'm big on Evans this week as well. And I think, you know, you're, you're saving you're saving the 400 or the, or the $200, um, you know, uh, that you can spread to other positions. And I think that that also is is huge uh, this week, especially with, with like some some other positions being so like difficult to work with.
1: All right, Jordy Nelson, 8,400, dealing with the quad issue. They say he's going to play. It's a risky play, but one that we certainly know that if he's playing at 100%, now the trick is, you know, does he re-injure it? Does he come out of the game? And I think that's a real concern because sometimes these guys push it too soon. And I'm not saying don't play him. I'm saying that it's something you have to consider and build into the way you're playing this week. Uh, Are you confident enough or are you taking the plunge with Jordy Nelson?
2: um i i can't do it when either i have 200 more to, to spare and i go mike evans or i go 700 less and i go for michael crabtree who's one of my absolute favorite receivers this yes. week so so yeah you bring up all the good points with nelson you know he's you know on the wrong side of 30 i uh, had some lower body issues over the last couple of years so um i'm a little bit concerned about him um I imagine that I imagine that he, he makes it through this game, but maybe it's not at 100%. Maybe he's kind of got a grit through it um, just because uh, some other uh, weapons in that Packers offense are, are sort of banged up, so he kind of you know takes up the mantle and tries to tough through the game. But I, I think Crabtree for 700 uh, alone outperforms Jordy Nelson on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm with you 100% on Crabtree. I had a fantastic argument on the NFL pregame show on Sunday on the radio about – cooper versus crabtree and the other expert quote unquote kept saying well you know lastly how much they forced the ball to cooper it's going to be cooper now and everybody wants that to happen that's a great story i feel you know it's a real feel good lifetime movie people kind people of do
2: thing. really get into that they get like oh, so, yeah. oh, so, so over the top it. about amari so to cooper which, it's like uh, chill to which out, i man. say
1: john give me four straight weeks of productivity and you'll make me a believer but until that happens it's still crabtree for me every single week I knew it was going to be Crabtree last week. It's going to be always Crabtree, even with Cooper getting involved. So why take the risk? Now, going down a little bit more, when you talk about risk at 75, you got Hopkins, who Malcolm Butler looks like he might not play in this one. Uh, if that's the case, that certainly opens up things for Hopkins because I'm not sure if they have somebody who can really stick on him one-on-one. That's going to be tough for sure. A.J. Green at 75, the same price tag. As you can see, once we get into this group, there is a whole lot of value in this seven, you know, 75 range give or take $500. You got Michael Thomas against Carolina, who's a tough match up there, but still Drew Brees and company. And Thomas, he really hasn't broken out quite yet. You got Golden Tate at home at 74. Baldwin, I'm still not getting there for all the reasons we talked about. Yep. I need to see it. So sorry, Doug Baldwin. Uh, Tyree Kill is still that home run hitter. I feel much better about Keenan Allen for $100 less in terms of volume. Volume, volume, volume. Manuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, ironically, only within $200 of each other as well. Uh, the trick here is... You know, how does Trevor Simeon travel? Now, we've seen two good mm-hmm. outings from him at home. Let's see how he travels to Buffalo. I'm not going to buy into this game quite yet. I think it's great what they've done so far. But I think Buffalo has a little bit more respect for itself on defense than the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right there. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I still kind of I, – I have the images of Trevor Simeon at, at Northwestern still, like, it just like scorched into my brain. So I can't really believe what I'm seeing as far as how good he's been. Uh, thus far. So yeah, like you said, hostile environment on the road. Um, and, and you're sort of doing a a, a coin flip between uh, Sanders and Thomas. I'd probably go Sanders just because he's a little bit cheaper and he's actually looked a little bit better in my opinion uh, to this point. But uh, you, you go down the board a little bit. I mean, Martavis after last week, mm-hmm. um, he's still only only 6,500. I know you know what we said about Roethlisberger earlier. Uh, oh yeah, and for him too.
1: You look at his home run splits too. It's it's drastically different because of mm-hmm. Roethlisberger. So that's another one you got to take with a grain of salt and try to figure out what you want to do.
2: I got. Let's see. I got. I got one more uh, like potentially interesting one. Um, so la- last week with with Carolina, um, Funchess um, put had a decent game and he saw a little bit of volume. Um, he's second on the team in targets behind Kelvin Benjamin. Now that Olsen is out, I think that um, a, a lot of people are trying to figure out who, who is that pivot for Cam Newton. And maybe it is Devin Funches because he is kind of a big bodied receiver. Um, so, and he's actually played more snaps than Kelvin Benjamin this year. So uh, you think Funches maybe has, as, you know, as like a kind of punt for your, for your wide receiver three, do you think he has any appeal?
1: He is a responsible punt. He's a guy that I was on Monday when making lineups. But by the time now we're at Friday, I think everybody's on him. So okay. I just want to warn everybody. I think the ownership of Funches is going to be twenty percent in some of like the millionaire maker. Like I'm just think that's 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 the kind of high ownership I'm expecting of Funches because he's so cheap. And look, it doesn't make it wrong. I just want to put everybody out there. Just understand. It doesn't make it wrong because they're. You're just not
2: the smartest guy in the room for suggesting well, but you're, it, basically.
1: Well, you are, but the other people who are doing it aren't. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's it's good logic. It's good analysis. And I think we all look at it. We all think it's a good investment, which is why, you know, Todd Gurley week one was 30% owned in the million dollar tournament. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the, and the winning lineup had Todd Gurley. So it's not a ma- it's Sometimes it's the best Todd Gurley lineup wins. And this week, I think it might be one of the best Devin Funchess lineup wins because you're going to need that salary relief to go up to the top of the board to get some of those big-time guys who are going to have big-time points. And Funches can do enough where all he has to do is return value Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be very heavily owned. It's not a negative thing. It's just something to understand as you're, as you're doing lineups. Uh, so make sure you are finding value elsewhere that you feel very strongly about, and he's not like relying basically on him. Uh, Devontae Adams at 68, another responsible fade from Jordy Nelson mm-hmm. if you are concerned and still want to get Aaron Rodgers. I have no problem with that. You mentioned Kelvin Benjamin, another guy I think at 66 will be very highly owned. If Bradford's back in, I think Diggs is back in play, although Tampa is tough defense. They are at home here, so I would expect that uh, Diggs to still be a better play than Thielen in terms of volume. I always expect that. Let's go further down the board, another guy who – actually two of them who are really big price savers. Uh, one is Jermaine Curse. I don't expect two touchdowns every game, but I do expect that volume to continue, and that's all you need from Curse to return 5,800. And the other one's Crowder at 57 who if you're going to get involved in the Kirk Cousins and the other end of this game, I think Crowder's the one that, much like Funches, maybe it will be heavily owned because of the price tag, but some people will go directly to Pryor. Maybe they should go to Reed, but I can't quite get there yet at Friday, maybe by Sunday with better news about Reed. But Crowder, I think to me, is the one where it's the safest, where it allows you to pay up a little bit more just in case Cousins doesn't quite have the day you're expecting.
2: No, I love that Crowder call. And I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, kind of uh, are still still kind of uh, heavily invested in Terrell Pryor and hoping that, you know, it pans out at least for season long. But maybe, you know, you know, this is why you get to play daily, like you you get to kind of diversify things and, you know, what you have invested in that offense. So I think that that's, uh, you know, Crowder, you know, in a, in a situation where we got half point PPR, he's a guy that can catch a ton uh, of passes. It's just sort of the player he is. Um, I think that he becomes really interesting and like you said, huge price saver. Um, and another one that, that's sort of like part B of, a, of another uh, receiving tandem. What do you think of Marvin Jones being so much cheaper than Golden Tate when Marvin Jones pro- arguably has more downfield slash big play capability?
1: I think it's legit. I think it's a legit play. I'm not a Marvin Jones guy, but this, we saw the same thing last year in the beginning of the year early on. Tate's going to get a lot of the coverage of the action, and then eventually it switched over to Jones. And when it did, Tate took off for the rest of the season and had, I think, 11 straight games where he was a wide receiver one after week mm-hmm. five. Um, so, you know, look, for me, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's a perfectly good play. There's a lot of cost savings. Rashad Higgins is 5,100. I expect volume from him again uh kenny stills did you, uh, did you go after him
2: too? uh on your on your free agent budgets uh anywhere did you go i think in one league I,
1: I snagged him in one league that was a full ppr because i had, think you know had some trouble there i think it was like a league where i had brandon marshall and he was not getting it done oh, so good I needed, lord yeah well you know but look some of these guys were talking about if parker's out or even if he's not out stills is also a very viable guy there at 51 higgins is viable because you know the volume's coming uh, you've mentioned uh, Jones. There's a lot of pivots off of Funches. if you want to do a Funches lineup and then a couple other ones as well. Just kind of diversify yourself a little bit, which is, this is not a bad idea. Take the same concept and just switch that low-cost wide receiver out. You know, play Curson one, play Funches in one, and, you know, flex around the – you know, use the extra money with defense, you know, and slide yeah. up and down there. That's, that's what you should do. All right, tight end Rob Gronkowski dealing with the groin injury, uh, 8,400 on him
2: tragedy oh, was, after 69 touchdowns
1: no nah, i know because <laughs> he had to leave on that note dude
2: you it, look at this is the injury seconds. i've ever gotten bro
1: i'm never gonna score another one ever bro it's gonna be so dope <laughs> god i love gronk i just do. he's the man he is he's so much fun I, I i don't know how anyone can hate gronk like gronk is gronk is having more fun at life than i think anybody <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know? God, no, yeah, there, there's, not, there's not a malicious bone in his body. He's just trying to have a good time, man.
1: Now, as great as he is, I don't think last week was a week I wanted to Gronk smash. I don't want to Gronk smash this week. It's too expensive with him and Brady. Uh, again, I'm mad at myself because last week I had a lineup. I started with Gronk, Brady, and Coleman. And I was like, oh, look at me. I'm being a fancy boy putting Coleman in this. That's never going to happen. I'm, I'm being too much <laughs> of a fantasy guy. And, uh, yeah, I, sh- I should keep being a fantasy guy. That would have been a good scenario for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would, have, that would have been Well, beautiful. you know,
1: sometimes you think too much and you're like, well, I'm getting too fancy now. Like, I'm applying too much of my knowledge and now I'm showing off. Like, I'm going to put Coleman in. I'm going to hit all these giant pay lines. And like, no, you can't do that. Don't be a jerk. Well, I should be a jerk.
2: <laughs> I should yeah, be a heel. So you, you put it in the grind for it. Yeah, make, I know. Yeah, I, know. It.
1: I know. And so, you know what? That's my note. That's my mantra for this week is don't second guess. trust the process trust the process there you go hashtag
2: trust it trust the process all
1: right let's get to jordan reed at 67 okay the the terms on him is the pain is manageable (laughs) oh that's Mm. great oh that's that's terrific um look this is a matter of let's see what the friday practices are um he did return to practice on thursday that's good if he plays that's the other guy that if you don't want to go the crowder route uh tight end is such a absolute SEO that I think that Reed is viable with cousins. If you want to stack that because Reed doesn't have to do all that much to return that he doesn't even need to score a touchdown because of the volume he's usually in line to get it's at home. <clears throat> I think there's a, there's a big one from him. Ertz also in a PPR with a um, half PPR here when the giants just continuously struggle year after year guarding the tight end. Uh, you saw what Ebron did last week. I think Ertz, again, not a guy you necessarily going to score a ton of touchdowns, but He's still going to be 12 points, I think, a lock somewhere in that range, which is going to give you two times value as well. Walker, kind of the sleepy one where people I don't think have paid enough attention on him, but I'm looking at him at 65 as another really good return. And then after that, it's the Wild West. Yeah. I don't believe in Bennett. Uh, I'm never a fleener guy. I don't care. It's, I, just, I can't do it. I won't do it. Not going to happen. Uh, I do like Jack Doyle, though, at 53. Yeah, he was
2: catching everything that was thrown to him last week, and and you know Cleveland's not great over the top yet. No, so and eight for there. eight,
1: you know, with the targets last week. That's all I needed to see, uh Ebron. If you want to go down to that well again against Atlanta, that I don't and have how, a problem. How with that. good
2: did he look last week? He looked like the guy that was it's drafted never in the talent first round. with
1: him, John. He he's he's health. It's about health with him. It always is. Five for five or forty two and a score. You know, a nice twelve point night. I mean, that's terrific for a look ebron doyle both of these guys i think are in play i would even say again this is a tournament play not a cash play cameron braid at 51 i think is another guy a sneaky play for a touchdown all you need is a touchdown that's what you need a tight end find the guy that you think is the best case for a touchdown or the guy that you know is a crucial part of the offense don't try to get cute with these middle guys don't try to get cute with austin hooper don't try to get cute there with bennett who's done absolutely nothing so far uh, you know, and of course, we have got another one off the board this week too. Jimmy Graham doing with a ankle injury. Olson's out. I mean, tight end well, here, is. Terrible. Yeah, here's
2: my ultimate. Uh, is this too cute of 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 everybody? Ed Dixon uh, in Carolina, forty five hundred. So like basically minimum price for for a tight end steps into that role now that Olson's out. Um, he has you know he played uh, fifty five of the sixty eight snaps from last week. Um, you know, I think maybe. You know, is he going to be on the field enough to to, to where maybe he outproduces that 4,500 price tag, or is that, is that overdoing it?
1: I don't think so. I think it's one of those things where if he gets a touchdown, like or something like that, or he has a big day, it wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to invest in it because there's too many other McCaffrey. You know, Jonathan Stewart's a guy that we've never talked about, but that's another guy who could fall in the end zone twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could be easily three, you know, honestly, let's see. Let's see. He could easily go probably for like 10 rushes for, I don't know, like 40 yards and two touchdowns and have a monstrous day. Oh, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's going to be what it comes down getting to.
2: Getting a cold sweat thinking about that. Well,
1: as you should, it's 6,200 <laughs> for Stewart, but that's exact. It's, it's hard to peg where the Panthers offense is coming from right now because it's been inconsistent. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been consistent at 71 at tight end. That's another guy. I think if you're going to pay up, you pay up for him. Okay, I get it um, against the Chargers. But I think this is a week where you can get by again with with Ertz, with Reed. I think Ertz will be heavily owned. I think Reed is the fascinating pivot where if you got the stones to do it, it makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go over to the defenses here. Broncos, obviously, 51, top of the board. The Dolphins against the lowly Jets also. And then you got the Steelers against the Bears, which all three of these are absolutely worth paying for. I'm shocked that the New England defense is at 49. That is a horrible pricing.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Completely I guess it's, the, it's the hedge that maybe they're going to force some turnovers. You know, Watson uh, starting on the road maybe, maybe it is the reason behind that uh, bloated price tag. But I'm kind of with you there.
1: I actually like the Texans defense at 4K better. Like, if you ask me which defense I'd rather have, I'd almost rather have the Texans because I know they're going to bring that pass rush on Tom Brady. They're going to get some sacks in there. Maybe they get a force of turnover or two also. Uh, Just put it out there. I don't think this game is going to be the blowout some people think. The Texans always play the Pats tight. Bill O'Brien has a good idea of what they do. He ran the offense for a while, kids. Let's not forget that. Uh, the Cleveland Browns defense is sneaky at 44. That's a yeah, good defense. So yes, I like defense. that one.
2: And I, I paired that with Zane Gonzalez. Um, So, you know, you're getting a cheap defense yeah. and, and lowest price kicker.
1: Uh, who else do you like here on the defensive side? Is there anybody else that pops up to you? Obviously, the bottom is, you know, outside of the – if you're going to go all the way and punt, I don't think the Texans is an irresponsible punt. But is there anybody else here you can make a case for? Uh, either a bounce-back team. We just talked about Cleveland, but – is it the Eagles against the Giants who have been terrible? Is it the Bucs traveling to Minnesota, or is it Minnesota at home against the Bucs? Who else on defense can you make a case for this week?
2: Yeah, it's it, this. It's a little bit tough to navigate this week. Um, I would I would say you know outside like from that forty four hundred range on down, um, maybe the Titans are a little bit interesting because. Um, you know, someone who's smarter at watching film than me uh, noticed that the Titans have like some really kind of uh, crazy blitz packages that they can bring. Um, so I think that, that that just spells trouble for for a Seattle team that's going to be traveling on the road, traveling east. Um, it's going to be a tough game for them, and I think that the Titans are going to kind of turn this into you know a low scoring affair. You know, it, it might be you know combined uh, under forty points in this one. So I think maybe uh, the Titans are able to kind of uh, just kind of. Uh, force a bunch of three and outs, get a bunch of sacks on Russell Wilson just because of uh, how bad that Seattle offensive line is. So it's it's less of a, a testament to how good I think the Titans' defense is and just more on how bad I think Seattle's offense looks right now.
1: Over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash Rotowire and you'll get a free 6-month Rotowire subscription plus free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 in cash prizes with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Void where prohibited. Alright, last week we did a fun bonus question with Tariq Cohn. We both said he would uh, fall short of expectations in Week 2. We were right so we are one for one in our bonus questions. Bonus question this week. Odell Beckham Jr. has more than 10 points on FanDuel points this week.
2: Oof, oof, oof. You know, I'm going to go the over. I hate it. I'm holding my nose because I, it's so hard to trust him right now. It's so hard to trust uh, that Giants offense. But I think he's going gonna to get one of those where he breaks loose. Uh, Philly's corners, just I don't think they can really keep up with him. So I, I do. I'll take the over there and hold my nose.
1: I'm going to hold my nose as well and take the over. I am in agreement. That's two weeks in a row. We're in agreement on this. Uh, I I don't want it to happen because he annoys me, but I do like the leopard skin jacket. So if that's available, if he's like already donated that because, you know, it's already out of style because he wore it once. I think I could rock that. I think I could make it work. I have a good feeling about that
2: idea I, I already have five so like i hope it's not out of style i've really i just spent my well, entire like last paycheck on them yeah
1: well look if you can't spend it all on leopard skin jackets then i don't know what we're doing this for <laughs> you can follow him at johnny McEx, you can follow me at joe pisa pia 17 for everybody here at rotowire have a
3: great weekend of daily fantasy it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust